On this episode of Notes on My Phone, we talk about Thanksgiving, bar mitzvahs, FOMO, a sadly erotic movie, dining out during COVID, and a new segment I'm excited about. I hope you are as well. We are back. All that and more. Let's get it. Notes on my to notes on my phone the show where we talk about the questions thoughts ideas and observations that we make on a daily basis that are worth noting my name is ryan i'm joined with peter today we got a lot of talk about a lot of miscellaneous things and we'll jump right into it peter how you doing today i'm doing phenomenal thanks for being here thanks for having me always having each other having each other's backs being there for one another you know that's the theme of thanksgiving just being grateful for the ones that you have and the time that you get to spend with with the people that you love and care about. Thanksgiving has passed. How was your Thanksgiving, Peter? Was it fun? Was it magical? Uh, yeah, sure. It was not about magical, but it was it was a nice holiday. A lot of people say it's their favorite holiday. It's not my favorite holiday. I th- still think that Christmas is up there, uh, just because of all the good memories that I've had. But I had a very nice Thanksgiving. We did all the basics. We watched some football. We ate turkey, which I did not enjoy that much. Um, but that's just because I don't like turkey. And then we played a game. Have you ever played the game, What Do You Meme? No. Have you heard of it? Nope. Okay, so the way it's marketed, it's similar to Cards Against Humanity. And it seems to be marketed as more of a family game. And uh, if you haven't played Cards Against Humanity... It's the exact same rules. Essentially, one person plays the judge each round. They pull out a scenario with some blanks, and then uh, there'll be phrases or sentences that everyone else has to contribute that they think fits the the bill. They think will be funny. They think that the judge will laugh too. So everyone puts these random uh, anonymous notes in. Then the judge reads them all and says whether or not you know they they decide which one's their favorite card. And this was the same thing, except it wasn't supposed to have all of the vulgar language. It wasn't supposed to be so explicit. It was supposed to be a game that Nana could play. And we're sitting around the table, and uh, instead of a scenario on the card, it's just a picture of a meme. And you come up with the best caption, and you anonymously put it in there. And every single card had the word fuck, bitch, cum, guzzle, blowjob, you name it. And we, we soon found out that it was not such an innocent game. Um, and my grandmother, she only lasted one round because the language was just too vulgar for her and her, her dainty ears. <laughs> so that, that was tough. And uh, I remember my aunt, she whispered over. She's like, Nana's card says queef on it. And my grandma doesn't know what queef is. Um, or she might, Nana. I don't know. And she listens to the podcast too. So just shout out to you. You tried your best. And you gave it a full round, so nothing, nothing more I can say than, than a little bit of respect there for playing it. Do you play card games with your family? No. I try, and I'm, I don't know. That doesn't really do it for me. Mm-hmm. That was my Thanksgiving. Besides that, just spent some good time with my family. And with any highlights that you have from Thanksgiving? No, nothing really stood out. It was pretty boilerplate Thanksgiving. Kept it pretty low-key. Did a little bit of drinking, mm-hmm. more than I would say I've done in the past, but uh, yeah, it was 
It was Thanksgiving. Did you watch any? And now that Thanksgiving is over, it's the beginning of Christmas. Did you watch any Christmas movies? Any good rom-coms? I watched a rom-com at my mother's recommendation called Holiday. What was that about? That was my uh, that was my Thanksgiving Eve, which pre-COVID is typically spent at your hometown bar. I think that if that was the case and it was normal, I would still be at home watching Holiday with a, I think it was a charcoal face mask that my sister had on me, which really? is pretty much the opposite of your 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 standard Thanksgiving Eve. But it was enjoyable nonetheless, and the rom com was pretty pretty typical. Uh, Emma Watson and some Australian dude who must have been new to the scene because I haven't recognized him before. Pretty handsome fella. Was he a young buck? Uh, I don't know how young he was. Ready to fuck. But yeah, they were ready to fuck. They were ready to fuck. There was obviously one uncomfortable scene that I had to endure in the presence of my mom and sister. So, Did you go to the bathroom? I did not go to the bathroom. I stood there. I watched it like a man. It wasn't that bad. Good for you. If any of you guys have had experiences uh, watching movies with your mom, dad, or family member that made you very uncomfortable because of the sex, let us know what movies those are. Um, There should be some sort of rating, or there should be some sort of disclaimer going into the movie saying, be careful watching this with mom or nana. It's called... R-rated, PG-13 rated. Yeah. You know what that... Yeah, I guess you know what you're getting yourself into in that regard. When you're watching an R-rated movie, it says sexual, explicit sexual content, uh, bad use of language, minor use of drugs, uh, violence. It's smoking PG-13 now in the year of 2020 when the tobacco industry is very much on its heels. I think that just smoking cigarettes alone warrants a pg-13 at minimum rating yeah don't smoke cigarettes kids i've never smoked a cigarette before have you yeah i mean here and there like i've never bought a pack of cigarettes so i didn't mean to like i didn't mean to like shame yeah, you, just put you, on you just fucking put me on a i never smoked a cigarette and my mom and dad have both tried them when they were in high school and i have yet to try one you think that's impressive i do you you whine about or not whine but you fiend the jewel and we're Drinking on the golf course and whatnot. It's the same thing, if not worse. That's so different. fuck you. <laughs> That's different. There's a candy shop right by my house growing up called Jerolamans. It's a big candy store. And I think of like the, the beginning of Willy Wonka, that uh, that candy shop where that guy's singing. A little less, little less fun than that place, but it was great. They had good pickles too. Wow. And uh, I would always get the bubblegum cigarettes. And do you, ever, do you ever have those? Do you know what those are? Yeah, I've seen them. They're just, they're just gum in the shape of a... A cylinder, a a cylinder, a cylinder, but is a cylinder, a cylinder is cylinders 3D, a three dimensional circle. So like a circle. I thought that's a sphere. That's if it's a ball. Okay. So the cylinder can go two dimensional circle that has depth. Okay. So yeah, it was a cylinder. And uh, it was wrapped. I'm familiar with what a cigarette looks like. Yes. Yes. Well, for those for those that aren't, because you know, some people are just e vaping to this. I used to feel so cool because I would put the thing in my mouth probably the, the wrong way, and then I would suck. And then the first time since the bubble gum had so much dust on it, like sugar dust, if I if I blew, oh, it would it would produce a, a small pink semblance of smoke. 
and it felt real cool for a moment. And then smoking died out, and it's no longer a thing. But that's besides the point. I'm getting off topic here. We're talking about the holiday movies and whatnot. And I watched a couple of holiday movies as well. I was accompanied by my grandmother and my grandfather. We watched two Hallmark holiday movies. If you like a good corny movie where you can predict the ending better than any other rom-com that's rated R, a Hallmark movie is the way to go. They make like seven a year, seven holiday Christmas movies. We watch one about, you know, in a nutshell, girl comes home because her mom's taking her off uh, the bank account and says, you need to get your own job. She lives in New York City. She's just throwing money around. She has no job, no inspiration. She comes back to her hometown because her mom said that you have until December 24th to get a job and have things figured out because you're off the money. And then she comes home and then she falls in love with the guy that uh, she went to high school with but is a small restaurant owner and just all the fun ensues. She's helping out at the local elementary school. The elementary school teacher is giving her way too much advice. They're spending way too much time together. It's very unrealistic. And I just wish that my life could be like that sometimes. Cool. Do you ever feel that way? I'm sorry, I wasn't quite listening because you were going and going on and on about this movie, which, did it even have an A-list actor of any sort, or are these just shit movies? This is the Hallmark Channel. I don't know what that is. It's You're it's, acting like everyone watches the Hallmark Channel. Oh, well, if you, I'm sorry. Well, no, I think a lot of people know, you know what the Hallmark Channel is? You know the card store? I, I'm guessing that the, the idea is just PG-rated holiday cheer yeah and anything except, that branches off of that except they're not pg rated they're g rated so okay right they're really right. clean basically it's straight to tv movies that wouldn't have a chance in the box office they they wouldn't even get a ride to the box office to knock on the door but there there is a sense of just there's a lot of comfort in watching it and my grandmother she loves to watch them so i sat with her we watched a couple of them and it was funny because rom-coms are so predictable. We were watching this one movie, and this one was dragging a little too much. And my grandfather said, he's like, can we just skip to the misunderstanding and get it over with? Because that happens in every movie, every rom-com at least. There's always a misunderstanding. There's always someone pouring a cup of coffee for their cousin. The girl walks by on the street, and she notices, and then she gets upset, and then there's the misunderstanding. So I think everyone has an idea that there's, there's a very strong cookie-cutter format to a rom-com. I would agree. And the misunderstanding can range from somewhat feasible to completely idiotic. Mm -hmm. Like you mentioned, someone would see someone sees something from afar that l insinuates their the person that they just grew fond of, and without investigating or doing what a normal person would do they kind of just sabotage a relationship for the sake of the plot and then there's you know usually a grand finale at a wildly public location mm -hmm. where they make up yeah and in reality what happens is you see something maybe you bring it up the clarification which could be as simple as oh, i was picking up her napkin and our hands touched <laughs> And then I don't even know who she was. Yeah. That would obviously ruin a rom-com. So that's why that doesn't happen. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. So, you know, you can watch the, you can watch the simple 
the simple Christmas Hallmark rom-coms with grandma. And then we watched a movie last night that I would not suggest watching with anybody that you have any blood relation to whatsoever. I didn't even want to watch it with you. If you're straight, don't watch it with your bro. It's called uh, Love and Other Drugs. It's with Jake Gyllenhaal and Anne Hathaway. And what a sexy movie this was. It was it was overwhelmingly sexy. We went into the night saying we were looking for a rom-com. We want something loose, light, something we could easily go to bed to after watching. And it was a little bit of a roller coaster. It was a rom drama. It was a rama. Rama. A drum a dramance. A rom drum. A rom drum and I'd say a five percent of comedy there really wasn't any anything funny about it but essentially jake gyllenhaal is a sales guy and uh, he sells pharmaceutical drugs he falls in love with Anne hathaway she has parkinson's they start off as fuck buddies and then it turns into a romance and i'll leave it at that but the reason why i want to bring this up is because this movie had two scenes with shaking orgasms and i was very uncomfortable watching the movie with you when those scenes happened it was a good movie though and the, the, they were, it wasn't like normal sex in movies. It wasn't like, usually in movies, they'll, they'll show like them making out in bed under the sheets and then they'll cut to them rolling off of each other. And how do they wipe the cum up beyond me? That, I never know how that, they do that in movies. That's movie magic. And uh, because typically that is a process. I won't get into it. And in this movie, they are naked in bed. You see them full throttle. You see everything besides Jake Gyllenhaal's penis. Like, they're on top of each other. And I couldn't imagine filming the movie like that. I No, I don't know. And there's probably, like, 30-plus people on set recording them. And, like, they're really getting into it. And there were two scenes shaking orgasms. Very uncomfortable. Borderline pornography. Don't watch it with your grandmother. But it was a great movie. And I almost kind of cried a little bit because it got real sad. It didn't really serve the purpose what I was going for. I was going for more of a... Uh, uh mainstream rom-com where there was no tie to real life sadness or disease or parkinson's disease which is a horrible disease and i would say halfway through the movie i was expecting the ending to be much worse than it was yeah and it was worse than it was because when you think about it it's just Unlike the normal rom-com where there's like a happily ever after, this one was there's a happily ever now and then it's going to be horrible for the rest, for for their future as the disease gets worse. So it wasn't a rom-com. It, I don't know. It just didn't make me feel warm and tingly inside, which is what I was going for. And, uh, yeah, that, those emotions mixed with Borderline porn made for a, I don't know, it shook me up. It was more of a shook ending movie than I thought we were getting into. We spent way too much time on that not that great movie. I thought it was pretty great. If you were if you were ever in uh, in a movie, would you ever show nudity? Guys don't really, I don't know. There's not really cock shots in movies. I think that's kind of where movies end and porn begins. Yeah. Am I right? Like it's int- yeah, it's interesting that, you know, yeah, you don't see a vagina in a movie, but you see I've seen penis in movies. This is getting very health classy. I'm just I'm just I'm just I'm just observing here. I am I am a student of life and I watch film. I think I could do it. I don't think I'd be too worried about it. 
I think I could perform on camera in terms of acting if I was butt naked and there were other people around. I think I could do it because you're going to get a lot of money, probably. Hopefully. I, I, hope, would, I hope you're getting money. I would need a solid, uh, I don't know, six months with a personal trainer to bulk up before that. Oh, yeah. But um, once that's out of the way and I'm looking good, you know, shoot whatever you want. You need another one? <laughs> Action. We'll leave that there. Hey, I hope you're enjoying the episode so far. We'll get right back to it, but I did want to take a quick minute to talk about our new and first sponsor for the podcast. Every week, we're going to have a new sponsor rotating in, and I'm really excited about that, especially since we only are on the 11th episode. Very grateful to have that. So this week's episode is brought to you by Strep Throat. Swallow today because you might have Strep Throat tomorrow. Now, back to the show. One of the things that I wanted to bring up for let's not forget, let me let me paint a picture for all of you. The year's 2010. You're 13. Or you're not 13. I was. And, you know, in all due respect to the, the ceremonies and all due respect to the traditions that the people that study Judaism have and, you know, everything that comes with that, as someone that was not Jewish, we got to go to an extra party for any of our f- Jewish brothers and sisters that had their bar or bat mitzvahs. And I just wanted to say, let's not forget about that, because that was just an extra chance to tell a lady that you liked that you liked her. They basically were little kid weddings. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they were like little kid weddings with slash affair and everything. Did you did you go to any fun bar mitzvahs? I only went to a couple. Yeah. I had one horror story. I was, uh, I probably went to less than I would have liked to, because what, what grade was that? Middle school for Your sure, thir- right? 13th birthday? I don't, what does that mean? It was there. It was sixth or seventh grade, maybe or eighth. I think it was seventh or eighth. Let me see. When do you turn thirteen? Why am I googling that? When do you turn thirteen? <laughs> Can't ask that. If your laptop was seized, when you do have you some, turn? You'd have 13? a lot of questions to answer, buddy. <laughs> when do you turn thirteen? Uh, how old are you when you have a bar mitzvah? That we know that. <laughs> It is 13. Which is what grade? What grade was I in when I was 13? Grade 8. Okay. Or 7 or 8. Yeah. I remember that – I don't know if this is a thing everywhere, but I always remember that the Monday after a bar bat mitzvah was when you would come to school and brag like a little dick – about whether or not you were invited to said bar or bat mitzvah by rocking the shirt that was given out. And there was always a shirt given out or some article of clothing. And it was just a way to expel your clout on your less fortunate, which was mostly me, Let it all out. aside for a few of those that I was invited to, that you were invited to a party. And I used to hate Mondays after I knew there was a lit humongous bar or bat mitzvah I'm so sweaty that I was invited to and ugh what a horrible horrible feeling everyone dapping up in the hallways oh did you remember when that chicken nugget spilled on her and then she picked it up and then she was like totally into it and I was like I spent Friday night with my good friend playing video games. A friend named you. 
that's that's exactly what I want to talk about. And it's funny that when we th- when we think of a, a memory like that, the first thing that we go to isn't about the event itself. It's about the before and it's about the after. It's about your status, which is dependent on whether or not you were invited. It is completely contingent. This one sucked big time because my best friend at the time in middle school uh we were best friends in elementary school his name's reed zerlo we don't really stay in touch but if you are listening to this i'll probably shoot you a dm let you know that i bring this up reed zerlo one of my best friends growing up uh for a couple years like fourth grade whatever we're in middle school still really tight still always say hi hey to each other don't hang out as much he has a bar mitzvah he invites me to his bar mitzvah i was so proud because he was my boy and i felt like rocking you know he gave out sweatshirts for his bar mitzvah that's big sweatshirts they were black sweatshirts with yellow writing on it and it was like reed's bar mitzvah bash and it was so sick and i was so they always tried to mirror like a, a famous brand with the initials and right like it was his, always i think his like was that. like his was like a puffy graffiti style but it looked uh, it looked sick and like you're, you're middle school it was so sick by the way kids when you're 23 you don't have any of those sweatshirts anymore, so don't feel too bad. Unless you do, <laughs> then you should feel weird. <laughs> I have all my bar mitzvah sweatshirts. Where are we going? Nana sewed them into a quilt. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't been to enough for that. I've been to enough maybe for like a pillow. A, a pillow monkey. case cover head. Anyway, I was so hyped to go to Reed Zillow's bar mitzvah. It was going to be sick. It was at a banquet hall, you know, dance floor, checks, check and tenders, you know, all that jazz. And I go home with my invitation. I was so hyped about it. I'm like, Mom, read Zerlo's bar mitzvah. And then my mom looks at the card and she goes, Oh, right. Uh oh, I'm sensing a conflicting event. Conflicting event. She's like, Oh, right. And these are like wedding invitations, these are given out months in advance bar mitzvah invitations and she's like oh right we're going to hershey park with your cousins that weekend and keep in mind my cousins are significantly younger than me at the time and my sister wasn't going on the trip who's older than me and so you couldn't i couldn't finagle out of that no how hard did you try I tried as hard. I guess did I did you cry I did, did you cry oh yeah i i fucking slammed my door i was re- i was pissed yeah. not every right to be pissed this is my my, my best buddy's bar mitzvah and that was the first time I think I ever had FOMO. That was probably the first time I ever really experienced FOMO. I literally was an absolute prick the entire trip. Just like rightfully so. Just like, and that was before we had social media. Luckily, so I didn't oh get I didn't get god. thrown in my face. But oh my god! We're at Hershey Park, and I'm waiting for like I don't know my aunt to wipe my cousin's ass like <laughs> at the park, and I'm just like giving my mom the bunny nose, just like scrunching my nose up. And I'm just like, Reed's Bar Mitzvah's tomorrow, mom. Can we please leave early? I need to go. And we just, I just had such a, I'm ungrateful. It was, it's so great that my family take me on a vacation. No, 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 no. I, I'm going to, I'm going to take a stance here because. Fuck that. I have grandparents that live downtown. They could have taken me to the Bar Mitzvah. I, I was so angry. I was furious. And then I come home. And I was just like, I was hoping something magical would happen. Like someone would come to Hershey Park, pick me up, and take me to the bar mitzvah. No one gives a fuck about the kid that doesn't go to the bar mitzvah. So I roll up on Monday after going to Hershey Park, not happy one bit, literally did nothing fun. And everyone is just wearing, it's like, it's literally like a village of people wearing their Colt sweatshirts because uh, rubbing dirt in the wound. 
Is that salt in the wound? Salt in the wound. And to rub salt in the wound, everyone in my grade was invited to his bar mitzvah. It wasn't exclusive. But that actually backfired because I was one of the only people to not have it. And it was a really rough month because everyone was wearing the sweatshirts. At least someone was wearing them every day. And then everyone hit growth spurts at weird times. So he, didn't even, just, he didn't even save a sweatshirt for you? Didn't save a sweatshirt for oh. me. Nothing, nothing but great memories with Reed Zerlo. I hope you had a great time at your bar mitzvah. I wish I was there. But <laughs> getting real, I think I was fortunate as a kid because whether this was me being a little fuck or my parents, I don't know, being a little more empathetic, something like that would not have flown. Would yeah. not have would not have fl- well, flying. F- flying. Flying. That would not have fl- fuck. That wouldn't have that, that would that wouldn't fly but that, that wouldn't be fly. That, that would wouldn't be fly. not fly. That would not fly. In the past, previously that would not fly. As a parent, although it might not be as complex as when you grow up, there's like a social, I don't know. There's a social environment as a kid. It's not the same as yours as a parent, I'd hope not at least. Them not being <laughs> present at an event like that, not not missing it for a funeral or a wedding or something like that, but to go on a trip to Hershey Park that the child wouldn't enjoy with cousins that they don't like. Nothing against my cousins. They're just a lot older than you, and you guys were like burping and pooping yourselves at the time. It's like, that's not right. Nothing can justify you yanking your kid from something that they very badly want to go to. I know. Because I don't even know what reason. You know, like that's that's make, something. Make it easier. Like you clearly, obviously, you don't cry, at least not every night. Sometimes you do, but you don't cry about that now. But you did not remember it no, not as much. with little, little fondness. Little to no fondness. So you got to be aware about those type of things parents yeah don't you, i think don't force your kid to go on some trip at the expense of a lit bot mitzvah or bar mitzvah yeah that was that that was tough luckily didn't have social media to to rub it in my face could you imagine I'm grateful for it oh my god imagine, imagine the kid in the year 20 2019 before covid had to miss his buddy's bar mitzvah and everyone's posting geo filters on snapchat i mean it's going to be the same when people in our network start to get married, and if you don't get invited to a wedding, which I think is worse, because weddings are well, yeah, more fun. Yeah, in the grand scheme of things, I'd rather I'd rather get invited to a wedding than a bar mitzvah. But that, FOMO but if any of you are having a bar mitzvah, I'd love to, to go. Real, that FOMO is going to be real. Mm-hmm. I am okay with the quarantining. Because there is no FOMO. For the first time ever, there is literally no FOMO because yeah. there is nothing to FOMO. Yeah. Over. I think we can we can kind of transition this over to something that, that is dissat it's it's satisfying and dissatisfying. I take I just like you, I take comfort in knowing that on a Friday night there isn't much to do. You can go out to a restaurant, but you're not gonna get great service. Nope, At least not. we aren't. And we'll get to that. I'll put a pin in that. We'll get to that in a minute. But you're right. No one's going out partying. There isn't you know, this group of people doing something and you have other commitments, family commitments or any friend commitments that you're going to miss it. 
everyone's in the same boat. We're not we're not missing out on any big events right now because there aren't any. There's nothing to do right now. It really allows you to be uh, more productive. Like if you were, I don't know, I would say relating it back to the college days on the very rare few occasions that I would have to miss something to study, which happened very rarely, mm-hmm. luckily. Yeah. I would, my FOMO would be so raging that it would inhibit my ability to study. So lose, lose, lose there. You're not going out. You have FOMO, and that's impacting the reason why you're not going out. So you might as well have just gone out, which is what I rationalized my behavior most of the time with. I think it worked out for you. Yeah, I would say it worked out. I'm very lucky that way. We're doing all right. Going back to what we just put a pin in, the only way you can make someone feel a little bit of FOMO is by going out to a restaurant right now for dinner. Since things opened back up, I have not had a good experience going to any restaurants. Uh, I'd say about 75% of the time, whether it's takeout or it's dine-in, something isn't right. And I'm not talking about, like, I understand the, the COVID restrictions. I understand, you know, the, the seating and the, the social distancing and whatnot. I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about any of the COVID guidelines, restaurants closing at 9 o'clock because of legal mandates. I get that. I'm talking about COVID is being used as an excuse to not provide a level of service that was deemed good enough or deemed as it should be pre-COVID. I would say the level of service, the minimal acceptable level of service, has, that, that floor has been erased. It's been, it's been broken. It's gone. We're in the basement now. Peter and I went out to dinner, for example, a couple of weeks ago, and the waitress comes over to us, you know, after way too many minutes of pitter-pattering back and forth between the two tables surrounding us, no menus, they have the, she doesn't give us the card to scan the, the geo code or whatever it is, the QR code. Doesn't and, get our drink order, like, first thing we sit down, like, we're, drink order. Yeah. Water. Water. At the minimum, water. water. And then we get our food gets delivered to us by bussers and there's no silverware on the table and she just walks by and she's walking over to another table and she's just flirting with these these other guys and she's not taking care whatever. of whatever we're not good looking whatever we're handsome we're handsome but it's really bad and i i i just covid's being i think covid's being used as an excuse to not provide exceptional service and I'm not asking for people to roll out a red carpet, but I'm just asking for, like you said, the bare minimum. I want a napkin. I want a fork. I want a knife. I want a glass of water. It's it's really bad. And, and you you sound- you and a couple of buddies had to wait for a really long time recently, right? We had to leave a restaurant because we were sitting for so long, and nobody even looked in our direction. Yeah. And I'm not. I we probably come across as we're bitching and being a couple of Karens, but that's like. Like, at the restaurant, I'm not going to complain. I'm not going to be rude to the wait staff or whatever. I'm not going to leave a wordy, bitchy review on Yelp. I will. I'm just, I know you will. I'm just not going to go back. Like, it's gotten to the point where I don't get any bang for my buck for going out to eat. I love, I used to love going out to eat. I love going to chill at dinner with, with friends, get some booze in you, get some good food. Have great conversation. Service, if it's, if it's standard, fine. If it's great, fuck yeah. I love yucking it up with a waiter or waitress that's like, you gotta try interactive. These. 
but it's gotten to the point where there is no standard. It's just like rude or just completely unattentive. And for the ind- industry that is struggling so hard right now, it doesn't even, this is not even like a waitstaff thing. This is like an ownership issue. If you're the owner of a restaurant and the times are tough, that falls on you to find a way to motivate your people. I don't know if it's like you're just hiring new people and they're not experienced or you're just, you know, if you're, if you're acting like a Debbie Downer because times are tough, that's going to be reflected all the way down to the busboy level. Like, it's a leadership thing, I'm it guessing. Is. Yeah. Because before, like, what else has changed other than the times are bad now? Like, the, the same waiters and waitresses could be there. Obviously, they're probably not as motivated or excited to be there because, I don't know, you are fucking could be exposed to COVID every day. But then it becomes a management thing. Like, fucking find a way to motivate your people. Yeah. Or just piss people off that are like us, that are supporters of restaurants and local businesses. Like and the then, you know... To the point where we don't even want to go out because it's not even worth our money. It's a waste of money. Yeah. I will sit at home and snack on crackers mm-hmm. over going out to eat right now because all of the fun things about going out to eat have flown out the window. You go somewhere to pay money to get food. The last thing you want to feel is like an inconvenience to the people working. And that makes you feel like... like and not even you feel doing like anything. I'm just existing from there. Just existing. Like ordering something. Ugh, fine. And I, that's happened, I, but that's what it feels like. And I don't, I don't know what it is about, you know, being a twenty-four-year-old guy going to a restaurant. I don't know. I'm not. I'll leave. We'll, we'll leave it there. But I just, I don't understand. It seems like it's always us, always yep. us. Yep. And then everyone listens to us. It's like, geez, these two white guys just complaining about like going to restaurants. Like, there's so much worse things going on in the world. Something worth noting. I'm not complaining. It's something worth noting. I'm not saying it to like start this revolution against the restaurant industry (laughs) i'm not saying it so everyone stop what you're doing to form a militia here i'm just putting it out there maybe you've experienced like i'm i'm more just i'm more curious to see if we're the only ones because that's what bothers me more i feel like we've seen other tape like we don't see this happening elsewhere except for us is it because we're young they're afraid that we're not going to tip i mean you have a baby ass face They might think you're 18 years old. Oh, that that kid probably doesn't make any money. No, he's actually 24. He just has a, a facial issue. You know, whatever. It's not that big of a deal. No, it's right. fine. But mm-hmm. it's just, it's just, um, it's worth noting. That's what the show's all. And about. I want to know if other people have experienced that. Yeah, let us let us know because that will take comfort in that, along with not feeling any FOMO. So that's been an issue. We have a new segment today. And uh, it's called Post Inspection. And this is where we break down our most recent Instagram posts on our personal profile. So if you don't follow Pete on Instagram, it is Peter Beck underscore seven. Peter underscore. Peter underscore Beck seven. Peter underscore Beck set. Yes. Ben. Peter underscore Beck seven. And uh, Peter most recently posted a picture. And uh, we're going to take a look at it, and uh, we'll have it posted so you guys can take a look as well. Let us know your thoughts. Let us know what you think about the caption. Was it a good caption? Is it a good pick? You know, behind the scenes, black and white pick, you're drinking whiskey on the rocks, and the caption is whiskey rocks and whatever you're having. Hashtag thanks. You posted this two days ago, which was Friday, the day after Thanksgiving. Talk to me about it. Uh, so, yeah, as hard as this is going to be to believe – having seen the picture and I'm not fucking with you 
I did not pose for that picture knowingly. You don't. I don't. I didn't think you were posing. This was my sister fucking around with the lighting to get our family Thanksgiving pick, and we were sitting outside on the patio. I was in front of the fire. You can tell that I'm kind of hypnotized by the flames. I don't know if you're <laughs> sitting in front of the fire, like you just look at the flames. They're cool. Humans are just like, wow, fire, sick. So yeah, she sent me that on Friday, and I was like, wow, that's actually that's actually pretty sick. And I didn't have, not that I schedule Instagram posts, but like, I don't know, if there's a, a picture, a photo-worthy event, you know, you can be like, okay, maybe maybe we'll get a good picture today. Yeah. This it's, was it's, less planned. Um, I didn't even know she had this picture until she sent it to me. And then I was golfing on Friday, and uh, we were boozing pretty good. So this was a alcohol-induced posts, not to the point where it was, you know, reckless. But I would say that no. the caption is average at best. Uh, sometimes I can come out of left field with, I think, pretty clever captions. Um, this one I don't think is anything above average. Can you read uh, it one more time? Yeah, whiskey rocks and whatever you're having. And now that I read it, I don't really know if whatever you're having, like, that means I would be talking to the bartender. <laughs> because I think it would have made more sense if I said whatever she's having. That would mean you're having two drinks. All the whiskey rocks and, and whatever, whatever you're having. And whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Sir. I'm drinking a Sprite. I'm on. I'm working. I'm drinking a water. Then that. I'll take one of that. I'll have a whiskey and a water. Caption doesn't make too much sense. It's playful, but though. I don't it's playful. Like, I don't like to be too literal. I uh -huh. think that literal is... No offense, moms out there, but literal is moms on social media, like Thanksgiving with the fam or cooked broccolini. Like, thankful I for these be, three. I try to be thankful. Shut try, up. I try to be more like vague. Be cool. And like kind of thankful. Poetic. I don't know. Poetic is a word, but I kind of like to just keep it minimum and to the point where you don't really know what I'm saying. Yeah. I kind of like that elusiveness. So, caption average. I got some. Pretty nice comments. You got on some it. great comments here. Um, Magazine shot that. I, I mean, coming from coming from Jake Bosch, like that's that's such a that's such a compliment. Yeah, I that's mean, a good one. Coming from a, a man rocket himself, love that. Um, you got hot. You got ooh baby. You got whoa. You got you're a model. So nothing really of nothing too much of value. Nothing more just like reactionary stuff. Nothing it's like in the moment. It's an yeah. in the moment pick. It's, yeah, no, I'm talking, about, I'm talking about the comments. Like, oh, the comments? Nothing, nothing too substance. It's more like just react like, oh, cool. Yo, nice. Whoa. Yeah. But you got a, you, you got comments. Out no, of I, it. I, I bet I bet less people got comments on there. Thankful for these three. Oh, Happy hate. Turkey Day. I don't like the thankful. Look at my new car that my dad bought me. I don't like thankful, sentimental stuff on the gram. That's not my style. That's not what I go for. Yeah. Um, No emotions. Try and keep it minimum emotion-wise. It's good. But it's nice to get comments from people that you, like, haven't really talked to in a while. It's like, you know, it's good. To see. It's like, it's it's better than a text. It's like, you usually don't, you know, it's good to hear from you, bro. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Like, it, if you want, my sister takes good photos. You want, you hit her up. It's um, a good way to network. Commenting is, is networking. And it's, yeah, I, I, I like, and depending on where I am when I'm commenting, I can get a little bit more, uh, Let's call it bold with who I comment on. Ooh. Fair. Liquor. Liquor muscles. Liquor does the talking. Yeah, whatever. I think the picture itself 
from a photographer standpoint is excellent regardless of me in it the photo was sick yeah it's a good photo you look good dude thanks dude been hitting the weights uh I don't know, my forearm looks kind of big there i think that's more of a lighting thing though it looks good it's good that you're wearing all black it's a good picture i kind of wish i got a haircut which i was supposed to but i didn't but whatever it's a good pick i think the photo would actually not look good if it was in color so the black and white helped i think yeah that make it a little weird but yeah but overall yeah, great it, picture it was a nice friday night was a great treat picture. that's post inspection and if you want us to inspect your posts very simple just comment at notes on my phone podcast in the comment section of that instagram post peter and i'd be more than happy to break it down dive right into it Talk about the pros, talk about the cons, talk about what worked really well, highlight those, and also kind of discuss some of the areas of improvement for the next one. Be more than happy to do that for post-inspection. That's our show. Peter, thanks for thanks for hopping on. Thanks. Happy Starting to notice two. Peter's very frequent on here. Love, uh, love being a part of the show. Make sure to follow the show at Notes on My Phone Podcast if you don't already. Email us any of the questions, thoughts, ideas, stories, observations, anything you want discussed on the show at nompodcast at gmail.com, nompodcast at gmail.com. You can check out more lovely pictures of Peter at Peter underscore Beck7. My Instagram is at RyanLynch28. My TikTok and YouTube links are in the bio there. Glad to be back. I miss you guys. I love you guys. Stay sexy. I'll see you next week. Don't on my phone,